Excuse me, are we on? I think so. Thank you. Hello. It's Paul. It's Nessa. It's, it's Paul and Nessa's, Nessa's Happy Hour. Hour. A sketch comedy podcast with added stuff and nonsense. Just like a clock that's gone missing, where has the time gone? <laughs> it's Series 2, Episode 5. Gordon the Gopher and the Sticky Residue. Look at the state of you, Roger. You are a mess. Your shirt is all creased, your trousers are terribly creased, and so is your jacket. Even your tie is completely and utterly creased. What's the matter with you? It's not my fault. I've got an iron deficiency. So, welcome to the continuation of Series 2. Yep, six more episodes of this nonsense, you'll be pleased to know, in Series 2. And we're doing it every fortnight, as usual, culminating in Episode 10, uh, which is going to be in the middle of May 2023, because after that, we're off round the country being proper actors. <laughs> well, dicking about on stage still, but kind of proper actors. Yeah. Getting paid for it anyway, which is yes. good. Then after that, we've got a very special project that we've been working on for some time. Special. Special, special project. Special project. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not me? Special yeah, project. You, you've been my special project for years. <laughs> <laughs> and you still haven't completed it. <laughs> Ooh, not yet. <laughs> well, we might be able to announce that in a, a future episode. Yeah, yeah. Teaser there for you. Uh, but also, we will probably, hopefully fingers crossed, because we've got all the stuff recorded already, mm. do a Christmas special at the end of 2023. Yeah, probably around Christmas time. P- probably, yes. 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 <laughs> right, shall we get on with the show then? <laughs> Good idea, here's a sketch. Welcome to Philosophy Today. I'm joined in the studio tonight by two eminent guests. On my left is Professor Brian Dick Wrangler, the leading lecturer on philosophical debunking at the University of Frimington by the Sea. Good evening. And on my right is a comedy fart machine. <coughs> Thank you. Professor, if I can turn to you first. If a tree falls down in a forest and no one is there to hear it, does it, in fact, Make a sound. Yes, well, this is a question I'm often asked wherever I go. Uh, lectures, philosophy conferences, strip joints, that sort of thing. And my answer is always the same. And it's this. Of course it does, you fucking imbecile. Sound is caused by vibration, and a bloody great tree in a forest suddenly careering to the ground is going to cause plenty of vibration. I see. Yes, yes, that's precisely right. If I can turn to you now, comedy fart machine, perhaps one of the best-known philosophical soundbites, so to speak, is René Descartes. I think, therefore, I am. What precisely do we mean by this? Yes, I see. Now, Schrodinger's cat, when it's in the box and the box is closed... Is it still there? Uh, Yes, yes. You see, this is another one. Uh, Of course it's still there. You've just put it in there, so you know it's still there. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. (coughs) 
Exactly. I mean, you can't actually see my bladder, can you? But I'm still able to fill three colostomy bags every day. But I think the real philosophical question with that one is, when you put the cat in the box, is it alive or is it dead? Well, as long as the box doesn't contain rotating knives, I think it's safe to assume the cat is fine. Well, that's all we've got time for. Join us next week when we'll be discussing Socrates and Plato with Dr A.C. Grayling and a bucket of piss. Good night. I'm sorry. I'm afraid we're out of time, comedy fart machine. Uh, No, that was me. Sorry. Oops, there I go again. Can we get some kitchen roll? For the return of a classic now. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange but true. <laughs> we we enough we Are you every speaking month. French to me now. <laughs> we we monsieur. <laughs> we 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 enough we every month to fill a bath. That might be you. I could <laughs> I could fill a tanga. <laughs> I, I was going to say, right, who actually gets those facts? Well... Did it, oh, I need a piss, love. I'm going upstairs. Into a pot, shove it in the bath. There's, there's like, scientists and, and research people that would get thousands of pounds grant to do, that to come up with that. I mean, I could do that if yeah, I get paid I could, thousands pay of pounds. Pay me 10,000 pounds. I'll Her piss bath. in a bath for a We've month. We've got three. <laughs> How much wee fills a shower in a month? It would overflow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all up for a strange but true fact, but, you know, it has to have some sort of scientific proof. Proof. Yeah, 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 that's a scientific word, scientific proof. (laughs) How old was the person whose piss they were taking? Because... Yeah, and and, and also, how big's the bath? (laughs) I mean... I suppose it is. It could be true if the size of your bath was exactly the size of the amount of piss that you piss in a month. <laughs> you know, what are the parameters here? Yeah, well, sometimes I piss more in a month than what I would do the previous month based on how much I've drunk. For example, in the summer. <laughs> but then you dehydrate more. Did they take these facts into account? I don't know, but I'm sure they would have got paid a lot of money to <laughs> to, to write it, write down their findings. Yeah, I mean, what is the point? Why do you want to know how much piss you're going to fill up a bath? Well, the the reason for these kind of things happening is it gives dickheads like us things to talk about on a podcast, <laughs> or to start trying out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to report back in episode seven. Like you can use the bath down the end of the hall. We won't use that bath for a month. You just piss in that bath for a month and let's see how it goes. Can I just get in there and piss? <laughs> yeah, if you I want. don't need to put it in a pot yeah. and pour the pot in yeah, there. Yeah, no, no. Nah, just, go just for piss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, careful though, that's the bath where the spider lives. Oh, don't drown the spider in piss. <laughs> what a way to die. That would be a whole new Death verse to the Who piss. song. <laughs> Boris the spider. Die now he's drowning piss. in my piss. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll give that experiment a miss. Didn't think it would come to this. Or is the spider? Dying, 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 dying,
<laughs> well, I'm glad we brought that feature back. <laughs> that was worth it. Strange but true. It's strange but true. And on to our next contender. Your name, please. Keegan Hollyerman. Occupation? Professional Geordie. And your three favourite hobbies? Drink and brew ale, indulging in an ill-founded and overinflated sense of superiority, and punching horses. Thank you. And your general knowledge round starts now. Who is the highest goal scorer for the England men's team? Alan Shearer. No, Harry Kane. In Norse mythology, what is the name of the dwelling place of the gods? Alan Shearer. No, Asgard. The fingerprints of humans have many characteristics shared with which marsupial? Alan Shearer. No, the koala bear. Love Changes Everything is the opening number from which Andrew Lloyd Webber musical? Alan Shearer. No, Aspects of Love. Who played Idi Armin in The Last King of Scotland? Alan Shearer. No, Forrest Whitaker. The Parthenon was the chief temple of which Greek goddess? Alan Shearer. No, Athena. How old did you have to be to qualify for an old aid pension when they were first introduced in the UK in 1909? Alan Shearer. No, 70. In the nursery rhyme, Little Bo Peep has lost her what? Alan Shearer. No, sheep. What would you use to tighten or loosen a hex bolt? Uh, Alan... I need more, please. Shearer. No, Alan Key. What type of manual farmhand might use an outback cordless master clip livestock clipper? Uh, shearer. What type of shearer? Alan. No, a sheep shearer. What is the name of the machine you drive on the roads? Alan Shearer. No, a car. What is two plus two? Alan Shearer. No, four. What are you sitting on right now? Alan Shearer. No, a chair. And at the end of that round, Keegan, your ridiculous obsession with Newcastle, in particular Alan Shearer, has meant you scored no points. Oh, does that mean I won't win the glass ball? No, I'm afraid you won't, you silly Geordie person. Ah, oh, bugger. I'll have no to keep me collection of panini stickers of Alan Shearer in. Well, apparently we still haven't been sued for copyright infringement, so that means it's time for another celebrity interview. Yes, and this week we're joined by broom cupboard legend and professional corpser, Philip Schofield. Now, you were supposed to be joining us for episode 9, but you somehow managed to jump the queue, didn't you? One is usually seen getting up to no good. One is. How do you think that looked in the media? Downright disastrous. You're not wrong. You lost your car advert contract after that, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. You're always doing loads of adverts these days, Philip. Why is that? The money. Fair enough. Have you made enough yet? Uh, are you going to do any more? There are plenty more on the way. I'll bet. So, Philip, are you in a relationship at the moment, or are you single? Single. Ah, oh, that's a shame for you. Why is that? A little willy. Wow. Too much information there, Phil. OK, well, uh, moving swiftly on, uh, let's talk about the broom cupboard, shall we? Um, obviously, you've come a long way since those days, um, but, but tell us, how is Gordon the Gopher? Sadly, no longer with us. What? You, you, you mean he, he's dead? We've said goodbye. Oh, my God, this is awful news. I, I mean, you two had such a... Well, such a... Magical chemistry. Yes, exactly. 
Oh, he must be missed. Sorely missed, but they leave behind some truly wonderful memories. You're not wrong. R.I.P. GTG. Anyway, Philip, what's it like working with Holly? Murder, mayhem, madness and misery. Oh, right. So which This Morning co-host did you prefer? The other one. Fern Britton. Best on-screen partnership. Yeah, true. Except maybe when Murder, She Wrote and Magnum did that, that crossover episode. Uh, anyway, shall we, shall we get on with the quiz? Ooh, good idea. Here we go, Philip. Nine quick-fire general knowledge questions, starting now. What was the name of the boy band fronted by Gary Barlow? Take that. Correct. What year was the first Back to the Future set? 1985. Correct. What is the area of the North East called just near Bankfoot and Kingston Park Shopping Centre? Wide open. Correct. You've been doing your homework, Philip. What do the French call apples? Poms. Correct. What song came to Paul McCartney in a dream? Yesterday. Correct. What's the name of the detective show in which Brenda Blethyn does a crap northeast accent? Vera. Correct. Roxette and Petula Clark have both had hit songs with what title? For the very first time. Correct. What's the name of the song by Men at Work that Nessa always sings the wrong lyrics to? Down under. Correct. And finally, complete the title of the Monty Python song, Eric the Harfer. Brilliant job, Philip. A full house. Uh, Now, we wanted to ask you, what do you think of us and Paul and Nessa's happy hour? Two people who've given us plenty of laughs lately. Larger-than-life characters who know exactly how to tickle your funny bone. Aw, thanks. We do have a good chemistry. A popular pair who really are the perfect fit. Well, it's nice of you to say so. And uh, did you know I'm a serious actor as well? A phenomenal actor. Well, that's not for me to say. But I did win an award in 2015. The award for best dramatic performance. Yes! It was a play about football. Soccer. All right, pedant. You say potato, I say rude cue, Jumba. Okay, I think that's all we've got time for. But before you go, Philip, can you tell us, which is your favourite cranky? It's Jeanette. Ladies and gentlemen, Philip Schofield. Oh, wow, look at this. Just as we wave goodbye to Philip Schofield, who pops in to see us but cheeky chappy off of Coronation Street, Simon Gregson. Oh, good to see you, Simon. So what sketch of ours would you like to hear next? Mind the gap. Well, you're in luck, because that's exactly what's coming up. Here we are, Patrick. This is the studio we're using. If you just sit yourself down there at the microphone. Thank you, my dear. So, we're just doing these new platform announcements for the London Underground. Sorry we haven't had any time to rehearse. Don't worry, my dear. You don't win the gold medal at the RADA without being able to sight-read with proficiency. Great. Well, Frank is through there in the booth. He'll be recording us. Tally ho, Frank. Are you receiving me? Do you copy? Ha ha ha. Yep. So, shall we just get straight on with the first one then? Marvellous. <clears throat> Mind the garb. Sorry, Patrick, what was that? Sorry? Uh, have you got the right script? It should be Mind the Gap. G A P. 
Yes, yes, that's what mine says here, G-A-P. Right, it's just that it sounded like you put an R in there, Garp. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, sh- shall we go again? <clears throat> Mind the Garp. Mind the Garp. Yeah, um, sorry, Patrick. You did the same thing again. You said, Mind the Garp. Really? Are you sure? He did say Garp, Frank, yeah? Yup. Well, I, I'm terribly sorry. I had no idea I was doing it. Uh, uh, let me try it again. OK, in your own time. Remember, mind the gap. Yes, 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 of course. Thank you, thank you, dear. <clears throat> mind the goop. Mind the goop. Sorry, sorry, Patrick. Gonna have to stop you again there. Is it, Frank? Are his levels all wrong? The levels are fine. You said goop this time. I said what now? Goop. Mind the goop. Oh, no. Yes, yes, I see the problem. Right, right, I, I, I've got it now. All right, ready to go again. You sure? Absolutely. Uh, Frank, are you still recording? Yup. <clears throat> Mind the glurp. OK, Patrick, just, just hang on. Is there a problem? Problem? It's just that... Well, you don't seem able to pronounce the word gap. Sorry? I mean, it's just three words, and you're struggling with 33% of them. Oh. Well, uh, let me have a look at the script here. Uh, Oh, yes. Yes, I I see the problem. Yes, you see, I can pronounce the word gap. Oh, excellent! It's just that I have a condition that means I I suffer a sort of word blindness when I put certain words together in a certain order. You see, I can say mind. Yes. I can say the. Of course. And I can say gap. Ah! But the problem arises when I put them together in that order, you see. Mind the goop. Oh, gosh. Yes, It's all due to a trauma I suffered when I was being directed by Sir Peter Hall at the Nash. Oh. What a cunt. You see, it's those particular words in that particular order, I'm afraid. I just can't say, mind the glonk. You see? I could say, uh, I could say, the mind gap. How would that be? Could I just say, the mind gap, and then you could sort of chop it all up and put it all back together again? That's not really how it works, Patrick. It won't have the correct flowing sound to it. Oh, really? I thought it sounded rather good, actually. The Mind Gap. Actually, that sounds like the title of one of those analytical self-help books, doesn't it? (laughs) Must just make a note of that. I might write that up. Uh, Hang on, excuse me. Note to self. Title for mental health self-help book. The Mind Gap. And uh, a note for the blurb. It came to me as an idea when I was in a booth for that Mind the Gap recording. Hang on, Patrick. You just said it then. What? You just said Mind the Gap then, when you were making that note. Oh, did I? Splendid. Uh, Did you catch it, Frank? Yeah, move on. Great, now we're rolling. Right, Patrick, if we can move on to the next one then, please. Please stand to the right of the excaltator. Christ. Fuck it, that's lunch. Time for another oldie. 
Ooh. This ball's round, you can hear it's coming. His veins are coming up, his head's gonna explode. He's gonna go on and on and on. This ball's round. Oh, God, come on then. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Something happened to me this week that I was absolutely livid about. You and got out of bed before 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, there was that. <laughs> and quite frankly, <laughs> if you can't vent about these things on your own self-written, self-produced podcast, then I ask you, where the Paddy Macaloon can you vent? <laughs> Go on then. Right. Bookshops that put stickers on the front of books. <laughs> Just any stickers? Well, like of monsters and stuff? No, or... no, you know the kind of thing I mean. You know, <laughs> bookshops put these stickers on the front of books. Right. That, that are like, you yeah, buy yeah. one, get one free. Or say, like, to tell people how much it was. Yeah, no, but you don't need to. The, the, the price is printed on the back. But here's the thing, you see, because charity shops are the worst. Because they stick them stickers on the front that have got the price on, 50 pence. And I don't know what these stickers are made of. Fucking industrial glue or something. But the thing is, right, because I bought one this week in a charity shop, right? It was actually research for the Johnny Malone sketch that's coming up later in the show. So I won't tell you what the book was because I don't want to give any spoilers away for Johnny Malone, right? But it had um, a, a Richard and Judy book of the month sticker stuck right. on it, right? It was obviously an old sticker that, you know, that wasn't the charity shop that did that, fair enough, but it had this sticker on, right? Now, I do. I I but I like books, and I like the pristine covers of the. You know, people spend days, weeks, right, in design houses of publishing companies, right, coming up with these beautiful designs of these book covers. Mm -hmm. They do not want shitty stickers stuck all over them of some sanctimonious television journalist and his alcoholic wife stuck all over it. So that's my rant. But the thing is, right. I'm just getting me thing here because what I want to do now is show you a picture of a book that I saw a few years ago, right? I was in the Bodleian Library, right? Right. And because uh, they had a few in their little bookshop inside there, they had a few uh, books for sale, obviously, because that's what a bookshop does, <laughs> sells books. Now, I found this book, right, which I'm going to show you the picture of now, and it had a sticker on the front of it. I'm going to cover the sticker for you, first of all. Now, can you see what it is? Can you describe that cover for it me? It says, A History of Christianity, and the the top it says, The International Bestseller. Yeah, and what's the picture on the front there? Jesus. Yeah, and uh, the reason it made me laugh, because of what the sticker said that was stuck on the front of it. That you're going to reveal now. <laughs> Damaged stock. Damaged stock. Damaged stock. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I know Jesus had a hard time, but... <laughs> oh, no. But my favourite one, my favourite one ever, and I'll, I'll finish on this, I won't go on too long, okay. but the favourite sticker I ever saw, and I'm not sure if it was even in that same shop, but it was it, the, the book was basically the Bible, right? right. Um, but it must have had, like... Comments by a, a learned professor or something, or you know, annotated notes at the bottom or whatever. But it was basically the Bible, right? <laughs> a book of the Bible. And do you know what the sticker said on the front? <laughs> Go on. Signed by the author. <laughs> <laughs> Now a word from our fake sponsors. 
Are you looking for a short getaway break but can't afford a nice independent guest house by the sea? Or perhaps you're on an illicit rendezvous with your mistress and you want a bland, anonymous bedroom that's easy accessible off the M6? Then look no further than Premier Holiday Hotels. We've got inns all over the country, seriously. Once you start keeping your eyes open for them, you'll not stop seeing them. Yes, our rooms all look exactly the same and the artwork on the wall is shit. Yes, you can't open the windows and the air conditioning probably won't work. And yes, you'll inevitably be kept awake by the cunts in the room above stomping around all night like they're performing river dance. But we're cheap, we're convenient, and we'll turn a blind eye to you stealing all the tea and coffee sachets and leaving shit stains all around the toilet. Premier Holiday Hotels, your instantly forgettable short break starts here. Anycar.com. Are you selling your car? Great. Give us a ring. We'll buy it. That's it, really. I don't know why we've had Corden and Schofield banging on about it for what seems like a fucking eternity. We will buy anycar.com. Hong Kong. Welcome back. Now, who'd like a stupid joke? Me! <laughs> Jokes that make you laugh, jokes. jokes that make you cry, jokes, jokes that are really, really funny. Oh, oh. Jokes. Are you ready? I'm ready. I think so. <laughs> Why did the child throw a knob of butter out the window? Uh, uh, I, 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 don't, I'm, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to guess. <laughs> they wanted to see a butterfly. Oh, piss off. <laughs> Time for our serial now, The Case Files of Johnny Malone. And this one is entitled, Johnny Malone and the Feline Felon. It had been a slow week. So slow, in fact, that it had turned into a couple of months. I was pouring a large bourbon. I was pouring it away down the sink because it actually turned out to be a urine sample that my secretary Polly had left on my bourbon shelf. Damn it, Polly, what are you doing leaving a glass of urine on my bourbon shelf? I'm sorry, Johnny. I've got an infection and that's my sample to take to the doctor. I rinsed out my mouth with a slug straight from the bottle. (coughs) Damn it, Polly. What the hell is your pet slug doing in my bottle of bourbon? Oh, there he is. I'm sorry, Johnny. He got out of his cage this morning, and he's a chronic alcoholic. He must have smelt your bourbon from all the way over there. Well, get him the hell away from me, will you? I'm still trying to deliver my opening monologue. Sorry, Johnny. 
I was just about to give up on the day and head out to the fur and knickers when a broad slipped into my office. I knew I should have put down some salt on that ice patch outside my door. She picked herself up, put the door back on its hinges, and stood there looking at me provocatively with her cobalt blue eyes, which she was holding in her hands and pointing at me. When she saw the uneasiness etched on the front of my head, she put them in her pocket and looked at me with her normal green eyes that were in her head. Johnny Malone, I believe. Well, that's good for you, ma'am, but you don't need to come in here to tell me your position on the existence of God. No, no. You misunderstand. I mean, I believe you are Johnny Malone. Ma'am, I'm pretty good at what I do, but I'm not God. Look... We've obviously got off to a bad start here. Can I come in again? Sure. Thank you. Are you Johnny Malone? That's what it says on my restraining order. And who are you? The name's Fanny Volverston. Here's my card. As she handed me her card, I resisted the urge to do the obvious joke about lady bits. I read her card. In deepest sympathy... She was already starting to intrigue me. She stood there looking at me with her arms folded and her legs bowed. She had the complexion of a London bus and the figure of a London bus. She was looking me up and down, then side to side, then sort of diagonally but with a bit of a loop-de-loop around my belly button area. I need help, Johnny Malone. And word around town is you're the man to come to. That depends on the case, Miss Volverston. Please, call me Fanny. Everyone does. All right. What do you need help with, Fanny? My pussy. What? Well, pussies, to be precise. All 38 of them. You have 38 pussies? Yes, and someone has grabbed them all. We were in danger of disappearing down a dreadful Mrs. Slocum-sized rabbit hole here, so instead I allowed her to tell me that she ran a cat sanctuary and that all the animals she was looking after had been stolen. Meanwhile, I covered by delivering this mid-scene monologue. That was the last time I saw my pussy. All right, Fanny, I'll take the case. I'll need payment up front, plus expenses behind, and a nice little snow globe with a scene from the snowman just off to the side. You'll get what you need, Mr. Malone. Just find those cats. Well, I can't promise anything. I haven't got much to go on. No, Johnny, you have now. The new toilet has been installed. That's not what I meant, Polly. Well, I may be able to help. Look, I found this torn slip of paper at the scene of the crime. Let me see. Hmm, G-I-M-S, Gims. Gims, what does that mean? Johnny, Gims is a Congolese rapper with three million Instagram followers and music streaming on YouTube and Spotify. Polly, how many times do I have to tell you? This is no place for Wikipedia-based factual information. And look, what is your slug doing back in my bottle of bourbon? Looks like the backstroke. Get out. Please, Mr. Malone, there's no time to lose. All I have left in this world are my pussies. I trudged the rain-soaked streets, passing the charity shops and bookmakers and the homeless pigeons who had chosen this town as their place to come and finally die. 
I stopped at a zebra crossing. Why there was a zebra crossing the road, I had no idea. I figured there'd been a breakout at the zoo, again. But then, on closer inspection, I realized it was a Geordie Shetland pony wearing a black and white top on its way back from the Caribou Cup final at Wembley. No wonder it looked depressed. As I stood contemplating this, I was jostled by what at first felt like a John Deere tractor. What's it, mate? Oh, sorry. She had the complexion of an aubergine and the figure of a 23-stone aubergine. She had boxing gloves around her neck, bandages around her knuckles, and a nose on her face that was nowhere near the position it should have been. What are you doing standing there like a paralysed lampstand? Um, I'm on a case. No, you're not. You're on the pavement. No, I mean I'm a private eye investigating a case. Oh, you got any clues? Uh, well, yeah, actually, this, this piece of paper, Gims. Let's see. Oh, no, that's not Gims. It isn't? No, it's Gym 5. It's an all-female boxing gym near here. Oh, I know it well. See, what you think is an S there is actually a 5. And on the sign outside the gym, the little part of the Y that points up to the left has fallen off. So it just looks like an I. So what you think is Gims is actually Gym 5. I see. How do you know all this? I'm going there now. I'll give you a lift if you like. But you're walking. Fireman's lift. <laughs> Strange as it may have seemed, this unbelievably serendipitous piece of plot wrangling had led me to the exact place I was looking for. After one short but indescribably painful fireman's lift, I was speaking with Mickey, the owner of the gym. Hey, Lucy, hit the deck. But I didn't bring my ship today, Mickey. You know that's not what I mean. Give me 20. I've only got 50. Do you have any change? Ah, gee, shut up, Lucy. Just go back to beating the shit out of Ariadne. So, what were you saying, buddy? I'm on a case. No, you're not. You're on a boxing canvas. No, I mean, I'm a private eye investigating a case. A clue led me here. Do you have any cats here? Yeah, we got some pretty cool cats here. I don't mean metaphorically. Yeah, neither do I. We got a whole load of cats in the walk-in freezer. The girls eat them. Did you know that a cat's leg packs more protein than Bernard Matthews' entire farm? Uh Uh-huh. Well, tell me, Mickey. Recently, have you been anywhere near Fanny? You gotta be kidding! Have you seen my wife? Oh! You didn't let me finish. Fanny Vulverston's Cat Sanctuary. Oh, I see where this is going. Listen, I know the word on the street. Which is? Arkwright Road. I've seen the road sign on the corner. But I never went near no Fanny and I didn't steal her pussies. Then how do you explain this piece of paper? Gims, or as Lucy told me earlier, Jim Five. What? No, 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 no. You're looking at this all the wrong way. So how should I be looking at it? Well, the other way around. Literally. Look, this piece of scrap paper is upside down. It doesn't say Gims or Jim 5. That 5 is an S. The M is actually a W. That I is a 1. And that weird-shaped G is actually a 9. 
Wait a minute. Okay. One minute later. SW19, the postcode for Wimbledon. Looks like I got a megabus to book. Six hours, a disgusting, stinking toilet, and an asshole of a driver later, I found myself on Wimbledon Common. I'd been hoping for Wimbledon Posh, but apparently it didn't exist, so this would have to do. As I stood looking around at the everyday folks, trying to figure out why I was here, I saw a little furry tail disappear into a burrow. Was this it? Had the cats simply escaped to Wimbledon? Why? Did they want to escape Fanny Vulverston? Why? Did cats even make burrows? Why? Richard Osman? Why? The questions hit me harder than four fat kids falling off a cliff. I decided to follow the pussy and see where it would lead me. The sight that I saw was a sight I never want to see, or ever saw that I would ever see in all my sightseeing days. In this weird little underground burrow were dozens of cats, hung up by their tails, and they were gutted. They were gutted because they were hung up by their tails, but also because they were gutted, literally. Cat gut was strewn everywhere. At the other side of the room... A strange creature that looked like a hedgehog with its outside coat off was working quickly with a sausage grabber and a sharpened spoon. Suddenly, she saw me. Who are you? Johnny Malone. Who are you? I am Madame Jolet. Madame Gillet? No, Madame Jolet. Madame Chalet? No, Madame Jolet. Dame Maggie Smith? Oh, shut up, stupid person. What are you doing here in the bowl of the Wombles? I'm looking for pussy. I know I'm French, but I'm not that kind of womble. Where did you get these cats, and what the hell are you doing to them? Why should I tell you anything? All right. Simon says, where did you get these cats, and what the hell are you doing to them? Damn it. All right. I stole them from Vanny Volveston's cat sanctuary, and I'm tearing them apart for their cat gut. My God, Madame Chevrolet, why? Do you know where we are? Bottom of page nine. Stay focused, you idiot. We are in Wimbledon, home of the most famous tennis tournament in the world. And you know what makes the best tennis rackets? Years of craftsmanship. Cat gut. I can get 20 rackets out of just one cat. I had that Emma Raducanu round there the other day, practically begging me for one. Windy little Canadian upstart. But why are you doing it, Madame Beaujolais? Why does anybody do anything? Money! So, you're running a racket racket. Somebody has to keep this place going. And these bloody idiots go around picking up rubbish. Well, that isn't going to put the Womble Knot on the discarded pile of Metro newspapers that we use for a table. Well, the game's up. No, the game's tennis. I mean, I'm taking these cats back with me. And how do you suppose to do that? Easy. Catnip. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. <coughs> Later that time period, I was back in my office. 
I'd returned the pussies to Fanny, and Madame Tarara Bundier was doing time for cat wrangling and impersonating Bernard Cribbins. I counted my money, gave my snow globe a little shake, then sat down to a nice bowl of chocolate ice cream. Wait, Johnny, that's not chocolate ice cream. Then what is it? My doctor asked for a stool sample. Nessa has had to leave the studio for a few minutes. That awful monstrosity from Only Connect has just turned up, so she's taken them round the back to kick their head in. But I'm delighted to say that we're joined in the happy hour recording bin by our old friend Daphne Crankshaft Doodlebug. Hello, Daphne. Paul! Daphne, dear Daphne. Daphne, dear Daphne. Please help, dear Daphne. We're really desperate, dear Daphne. Daphne, Daphne, please help me, Daphne. How simply wonderful to see you again. How are you, old boy? Oh, I'm very well, Daphne. How are you? Oh, can't complain, can't complain. Well, I could, but frankly, there isn't time or the money. Bloody Brexit. Well, quite. Uh, So, you're here as our resident agony aunt to answer a couple of our listeners' problems. But before that, uh, well, why don't you tell us what you've been up to and and what you're involved in at the moment? Oh, I'd love to, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Well, as you know, I like to get involved with as many community projects as I can. Yes, yes. You're very big in the community, aren't you? Oh, I'm big everywhere, Paul. Oh, you don't get a figure like this nibbling on Rivita Thins. Well, <laughs> yes, quite. Yes, now, mental health is a subject very close to my heart, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yes, and studies show that gardening is a wonderful pastime to boost mental health. I've really got into it recently, you know. Oh, spring is springing, the weather is warming. Just this morning I was out there spreading my lobelia. (laughs) Oh, daffodils are my favourite. Narcissus, Narcissus, (laughs) classic. (laughs) Well then, perhaps you'll be interested in the UK charity organisation I've just set up. It's for people with green fingers. Oh, great. Mm. It's called... People interested in sowing seeds and nurturing trees. Right, so that's P-I-S-S-A-N-T. Hmm, that's the acronym, yes. Pissant. Catchy, eh? Yes. So, so what do you and the rest of the pissants do? <laughs> Something the matter. Sorry, I just remembered Ness's joke from earlier. Right, back to me. (laughs) Well, yes, it's exactly, it does exactly what it says on the tin. Sow seeds, nurture trees. Ah. We've been very busy lately. For example, Mabel is very proud of her spread of shaggy soldier. Is she? (laughs) Mm. Although, poor Derek, he's having terrible trouble at the moment with his knobweed. (laughs) Well, it can happen to anyone, that. Um, Mm. Anyway, uh, shall we get on with the listeners' problems? Ooh, love to. Uh, There's only time for two this week, and this one is from Jeremy, who's in Stins. 
Oh dear, did he have an accident? No, 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 no. the place, Staines, in Greater London. Oh. Uh, he's emailed to say that he lost his job during COVID and still hasn't got one. And now that his wife has gone back to work, he's at a loose end. What should he do? Well, that's an easy one, isn't it? You should become a pissant, Jeremy. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, yes. The number of people I know who are in the job market at the moment, and, and they've just become huge pissants. <laughs> right, right. And uh, does that work for them? Mm, of course. And the beauty of it is that when you do eventually gain employment, you can still carry on being a pissant in your <laughs> spare time. That's lovely. Well, there you go, Jeremy. I hope that helped. Uh, now, the next one is from Marjorie in Rill. Uh, and uh, she was in a bad traffic accident last year mm. and is now suffering from PTSD, which brings her out in a terrible rashes all the time. Can you suggest anything to help? Oh, dear. Well, first of all, Marjorie, I'm terribly sorry to hear that. I know. The accident must have been awful. No, I mean, I'm terribly sorry to hear you live in rail. But, you know, one of the most natural products with healing properties for rashes, it's the sap of a pine tree. Uh, uh, right, yeah, and not antiseptic cream. Well, that's the beauty of it, Paul. Sap is a natural antiseptic, and pine trees are very easy to grow. Then you'll have your own free, endless supply of sap. I see. So Marjorie should... Become a pissant, yes. <clears throat> right, yes. Well, uh, that's all the time we've got, I'm afraid, for this week. So thank mm. you, as always, Daphne Crankshaft Doodlebug. Oh, happy to help. Thank you, thank you, Daphne. Oh, you really helped me, Daphne. Get over me problems. With your weird product placement. <laughs> Padre, can I pour you a few fingers of this fine bourbon whiskey? No, thank you, old timer. I do not partake of, as I call it, the devil's urine. Do you know whiskey kills more people than bullets? Yep. Reckon that's cause bullets don't drink. Oh, look, I don't believe it. We've run out of time for this episode. Oh, but look, German comedian Henning Venn has popped in to see us. Bonjour, Henning. So, what was your favourite sketch in this episode of Happy Hour? Mind again. Brilliant. Glad you liked it. Bye-bye now. I've read the same pet. <laughs> and now, a song. <laughs> Some things I've noticed of the people of France They think they invented romance They eat snails and frogs' legs They smell like dirty rotten eggs Some reasons why we all hate the French The women really are scary They leave their armpits hairy Their men are slick and smarmy And they have a useless army Zutelo, c'est pourquoi 
or we ate the French. Spending their days gorging on cheese and wine. Lazy as a sloth, always on strike all the time. They are always on the go slow. They make the fucking Peugeot and still so smug about Brexit. Well, they know where they can shove a baguette. Oh, sacre bleu, mon ami, oh, we ate the French. You have been listening to Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour, conceived, written and performed by Paul Dunn and Nessa Karen. Music was from filmmusic.io. For full credit details, see the show notes. The script editor was Paul Dunn, which is me, by the way. <laughs> Happy Hour is a crank full production. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Fuck it, that's lunch. Oh, fuck, I might have crushed your line there. Do the frank again. Fuck it, that's lunch. Mind the garb. Mind the garb. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's all due to a trauma I suffered when I was being directed by Sir Peter Hall at the Nash. Oh. Cunt. I'm just going to try. <laughs> what a cunt. What a cunt. What a cunt. You see, it's those... Pati- <laughs> and my answer is always the same. And it's this. Of course it does, you fucking imbecile. So- <laughs> and it's this. Of course it does, you fucking imbecile. Sound is... Co- uh. Yes, yes, you see, this is another one. Uh, of course it's still there. You've just put it in there, so you know it's still there. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>